fade in. You're listening to Let's Bogart. Please welcome your host, Daniel Williston. It's me, it's just me. Welcome, buds. You're listening to Let's Bogart, the recreational review podcast where we rate hits by fading out before we fade in. So, whether you're here for the plot or the pot, we'll roll camera and roll joints and curate a pairing experience, both celluloid and cannabinoid in nature. Ah, but we're here for yet another week. I am so unbelievably stoked for today's pairing. It's a very... It's a very unexpected pair. Well, is it an unexpected pairing? No, I think I think thematically the pairing is is very good, and the movie is very strange, and the uh, uh, strain is very complex. So, with uh, no further ado, let's get into it. We watched Coherence, which is a horror drama sci-fi from. 2012, 2013, 2014? No one knows, but on August 6, 2014, it was released in the U.S. It's an hour and 29 minutes long. It is rated 14A in Canada and R in the U.S. And we smoked from Namaste. The wonderful Namaste. We smoked their MK Ultra, which was a lot of fun. I had I had never tried it before, but it's a it's a really good indica hybrid with some. Uh, well, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna we're gonna talk to you about it because if I was gonna smoke this strain and watch this movie, there would be no one in the world I would rather do it with than today's guest. You've heard their work on here before, but you've never heard actual uh, uh, speech from them, so that's gonna be interesting. So uh, with no further ado, uh, Daniel, tell us about who we've got on the show today. He is the founder, lead singer, guitarist, and songwriter for Ontario-based five-piece indie folk rockers, JJ and the Pillars. In 2014, they took the top spot in 1021 The Edge's Next Big Thing competition, soon after releasing their first album, The Wolves, with help from Dynalone Records. After a Sugar Beach session, the band built up a reputation for putting on high-energy foot-stomping live shows all over Ontario, playing alongside Arkell, USS, Deer Rouge, Tokyo Police Club, and Billy Talent, to name just a few. They recorded their second album, Daisy, with producer Kevin Dietz of Cranberries and the Glorious Sons, and have been playing legendary Toronto venues and pounding the 401 in support. JJ also plays acoustically solo with his fellow pillar, Alyssa Morrissey, being a main musical staple at Old Flame Brewing Company and pioneering some of the best-sounding live stream content for them at the beginning of the pandemic. He has also toured as a solo act, opening for Finger Eleven and I, Mother Earth, and is currently working on an electronic project called Tom Hardy, T-H-O-M. So be ready for that, some moody synth beats to grab your heartstrings. He's been a friend of of mine and a wonderful collaborator get this for over a decade now and i'm so pleased to not only have his music as the glue holding this podcast together but also now to have him on as a guest and more than that having him as a really good friend of mine please welcome jj thompson 
Hi, Daniel. Thank you so much. Hi, JJ. How are you, buddy? Oh, I feel really good after that. That was nice. I got to get that transcribed. That's a much better bio than the one that I wrote. <laughs> What's the one that you wrote? What, uh, what is in there that uh, I didn't touch on? Uh, probably. No, I think you got like all the, the, the key bragging points there. Sure. Which uh, is always the hardest part about writing something about yourself, I guess. That is, it's a hard thing. Hey, I, uh, um, Kristen actually told me about some advice. My, my fiance, Kristen, uh, uh, told me some advice that you are as good as you look on paper that she had gotten from somebody else. And that really stuck with me. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I am like, I, you know, you feel like you've done all these things, but when you actually see them laid out, our instinct as artists and people is to be like, well, I mean, it wasn't that cool. <laughs> it's like, no, it's that it is that fucking cool. Yeah, it is. You're right. <laughs> I didn't mention that you graduated from St. Lawrence College Music Theater Performance Program, which is the same program that I went to and where we met. Is that right? That is that is right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I, uh, I do remember that now that you mention it. Do you, do you ever find yourself uh, uh, doing pirouettes in your shows? Uh, in my uh, rock shows? Mm-hmm. I've done, a f- I, I've done, I, I remember one time when I was in Kingston, I think because I was so close to the campus, uh, only uh-huh. within 30 minutes, I, I did do some pirouettes after with uh, some graduates with uh, Justin and Karin came to that show. So I was like, oh, let's fire up some pirouettes. Absolutely. Sometimes you just got to spin, right? I still do it. I still do it while <laughs> I'm making my coffee in the morning. I'll- I'm terrible at it, but it's 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 fun and dizzying, obviously. But absolutely brings me right back. Brings you right back to those times when we never learned how to spot. Exactly, and we <laughs> we took it. No, we didn't take it seriously. <laughs> no, we, no. Some days there were some days where I came in being like, I I really want a pirouette today, and then I would try it, and I'd be like, Oh no. I don't know. I like. I think you're selling yourself uh, a little short, Daniel. You were you were a pretty damn good dancer. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, on paper, I have had uh, uh, a lot of experience dancing with many different styles and teachers. And if I am on paper, then so I am in real life. I guess that helps, eh? When you, <laughs> yeah, we all stretch it a little bit on on paper. All stretch because I am not a tapper, but I definitely put it on my resume for the two things that I auditioned before before I gave up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Show everybody your shuffle off to Buffalo, and they're like, "Great, can you do this combo?" It's like, "No, I just know shuffle off to Buffalo." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so JJ, everyone wants to know. Not I don't know if everyone wants to know. Somebody, somebody doesn't want to know, but there might be some people that do. <laughs> if you don't want to know, there's no reason for you to have tuned into the episode. So I feel like if you've already gone come this far, uh, uh, you, you deserve to know. You deserve to know. Uh, so people want to know, JJ, what was your first experience with cannabis like? Well, I was in college at St. Lawrence College when I smoked for the first time, actually. For the first time? Yeah. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah, which is weird because it's such a huge part of my life now. But I somehow mm-hmm. waited until college. And I think the first time that I know that the first time I got fucked up enough for it to be memorable was with James uh-huh. King <laughs> from James King and the Midnight Hours, a band that you're That's a part right. of. That's right. 
a band that I'm a part of. That's right. So how, what, when, uh, what were the circumstances? Did James have it? Where were you guys? No, we, neither of us had it. And I don't know, uh, I, I don't know about James's history with cannabis before that, but we uh, went on a walk down to the train station in Brockville to pick somebody up that I didn't even know, but we were just going <laughs> to walk down and, and uh, escort them back to, I think, a party at my uh -huh. apartment downtown Brockville. And uh, when we were waiting, there was a gentleman there that was, uh, you know, chilling and and uh, we started talking to him and he said that he was from a neighboring town of Brockville and he ended up knowing somebody from our program and we were like, oh, this guy seems like a stand up guy. So he said, do you want, you know, you want to smoke some weed with us or with me? Sorry. Amazing. And he lit up, he uh, lit up a joint. And uh, I, at that point, I didn't know that there was a term crystal for weed i didn't understand what crystal was so after we had smoked it he said um he said oh yeah that the the crystal's really strong in there and i thought he meant meth <gasps> so my first like this was a paranoid induced situation anyways because it was the first time i'd ever been baked but uh -huh. thinking that i had smoked crystal meth really really made me nervous and all of a sudden everyone around james and i was a cop I was convinced that every single person in that train station was like, I'd look around, I'd see a guy on his little cell phone. I'm like, he is, he's calling for backup right now. James and I are going to be arrested. So as the train arrived for the girl that we were supposed to be walking home, I thought this is my time to escape because if I run in front of the train and it blocks it off, then I can, oh, no. then I can run off. So James is just standing there waiting for the train. And I say, we got to go. We got to go. <laughs> so I run and James is like, what the fuck is he doing? I ran and I actually hid in a bush about, I, I'd say like a, you know, a half kilometer up the road. I hid in a bush thinking I'll just stay here until the heat subsides. <laughs> that was, that was my first time that i can remember using cannabis that's incredible that's a great story crystals i've never so he was probably talking about the the trichomes like it was really like crystally or, or, or yeah icy or whatever i still hear people i was i was hanging out with uh my uh with uh, Alyssa's brother the other day and he mm -hmm. said when he was making his butter he said that he had used a bunch of the crystals in the end which i think is like a build-up in your grinder Sure, like the keef that collects at, at the bottom of your, your grinder? Yeah, it must be. And is yeah. there a science behind why that would be more potent? Yeah, because I, I believe that it's the trichomes that are on the bud itself while you're grinding it out, that they're all falling, and that's the stuff that uh, um, uh, contains uh, the THC. Oh, okay. So uh, uh, there's there's uh, there's THC throughout. I I think the whole thing, but the the trichomes are what contain it. So a bunch of those trichomes of the dust, yeah, um, settle at the bottom of your grinder, and then you use that. Uh, um, the concentration of it per gram is much much higher than it is when you have just the actual plant or the, the the flower itself so are trichomes on the surface of the leaf is that what we get yeah, high you can from? see them yeah 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 so when you if you uh take your bud out and you look at it really closely yeah. it sort of looks like a like a kind of a greasy like a icy, shimmer uh, yeah yes. yeah yeah the, so that shit all all over the thing is the stuff that's going to get you high 
So if you were to hypothetically be able to get inside the leaf of like uh-huh. strong cannabis and mm-hmm. you were able to take just like a center part of it, that wouldn't get you high. It would only be like, it's almost like, a, oh. I don't know. I'm just trying to I think I don't that. know. I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm questioning that right now. I think, I, I'm pretty sure that it's the trichomes that have the THC, but it, surely there's THC. Where is the THC on a bud? I'm looking it up right now. Are you asking Siri? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Siri, tell me where the THC is located on the bud. Siri just, I'm too high for this. <laughs> this is just like a typical thing of you and me to talk about while we're... Of course, How are you yeah. feeling, by the way? Are you, uh, did you... Uh talk a little bit before this or? yeah i've been i've been hauling on this i got this uh verse um uh, uh verse originals 510 cart it's like a uh uh the 510 carts are like uh uh non-proprietary vaporizer cartridges okay so uh 510 threads you can buy a different uh buy from different companies and yeah. then uh, try different LPs products with them. There's some like dosist and, and, and packs that have uh, uh, proprietary ones. So you, if you buy the packs vaporizer, you can only buy packs pods. So it's only if these LPs make a packs pod that you're able to uh, uh, buy it for it. Okay. Uh, but this one uh, is a 510. So I'm smoking out of my Toki 510 and uh, trying some of that verse uh, verse lemon what is it? Lemon Tropic? Lemon Haze? Lemon lemon something. Lemon Haze. Lemon, yummy. Lemon Haze. It's citrus very, very Haze? Good. Not Citrus Haze? Not Citrus Haze. Okay. No. No. It's, it's they're being more specific lemon. about their citrus. They're, they're like, fuck all those other citruses. Yeah. We're dealing with lemon citrus here, bud. <laughs> so uh, uh, after after you uh, had that experience at that, what, what, what was the next time that you uh, got high? It would have been your brownies. Hilarious. Yeah. It would have been your brownies. Uh, uh, once again, any of any of the theater parties that we went to. Yeah. I think we started I, out at my house, ate some brownies, and then I... Yeah, I, I think all my, my first experiences, which is funny, I don't know how I ended up loving weed so much, but they were very, very high paranoia uh, situations. Sure. Yeah, back then, uh, like for especially for me, for edibles uh, of any kind, the inconsistencies it's much much harder. To, yeah, finding the consistencies, the strength, the what are you? Uh, and, and back then too, I'm I'm not buying from legal stores either, so you don't even have like you don't how have a gauge. This plant, yeah, you have no idea. So it's all just like guess and check. Yeah, which ended more than one of those parties ended up with like a third of people just like lying on the ground and everybody else is sort of being upset that I destroyed everybody. <laughs> 100%. I was all, I, I, I remember always laying on the ground and uh, yeah. and and weeping constantly. Like I would, yeah. I would cry every time. <laughs> but it was awesome. It was a good release and I still, uh, I still cherish a good cry and especially when I'm high. Oh, we needed those back then in college too. Oh college, my God. Music theater college was uh, no place to try to not weep. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of weeping going on there. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. We were talking about, um, uh, we were talking about the inconsistencies back then. It's, it, it reminds me of when somebody that you, you just, 
I never want to push weed on somebody. Uh, uh, like, obviously, I understand it should not be used as a, a, a coping mechanism for somebody that's in a rough spot. Definitely. Um, but there's just some friends that I'm like, oh, my God. If you just smoked weed instead of drinking, <laughs> instead of, you know, drinking a, a fifth of whiskey when we hang out. Sure. I think we could really open up all together and, and, uh, and figure some of this shit out at the root. But they go, oh, you know, I smoked weed back in college and it just, it, I got way too paranoid. And I go, yeah. I, and I always say something along the lines of, if your first experience with alcohol uh, was moonshine when you were young. Sure then uh-huh. would you still be drinking? Like, yeah, cause definitely. that's what weed used to be. It used to be moonshine. It used to just be like, I bought some weed and that was the end of that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> we found some in the city. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think now the best part, and especially you being a bartender, I, I'm sure you feel uh, a certain amount of gratification when when you can recommend the perfect strain for what somebody's feeling because I'm more absolutely when I go to a bud tender I am very specific about what I want and sometimes you get a good you get a good bar, uh, bud tender that is able to go yeah I know exactly what you need a hybrid like for it. this would be great yeah. sitting around 17 percent or whatever yeah and is that what you're looking for uh like hybrids hybrids around 17 percent is is sort of the the key to you no there is no key oh. there is no key for me it, it is it's a time and place and i i uh-huh. i switch it up i think i've showed you my well, I, d- I just showed you my stash <laughs> yes, over facetime and it's all over the place man and that's what i <laughs> that's what i love that's what i love about the variances of any anything right food uh, music music exactly music Movies, the parallels absolutely. there are, are uh, very uh, prominent yeah you have a different different kind for each uh, uh each night whatever you're feeling what do you feel like listening to what do you feel like smoking i think that's a that's a that's a great way to do it and and opens you up to many different kinds of experiences i know people who come into the store who who this is the strain that they always buy mm-hmm. i just come in and i buy three and a half of of uh whatever and then go home and smoke it and eventually they'll come back and be like this one wasn't as strong and it's like well it, it may be it might be a little like the, this yield might be a little less than the thc but yeah. Uh, if you you're smoking the same thing over and over again, it's like just listening to to death metal all the time. Mm-hmm. You, eventually, your ears shut off. You're not getting the same like, whoa, this is so different to my to my system to my uh, uh, experience of the world. So I, I, totally. yeah, I like I like that. It's good to have it's good to have variety. Variety is spice of life, right? Hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. So what we smoked for uh, uh, today's project was Namaste's MK Ultra. Had you ever tried this before, JJ? Uh, definitely MK Ultra. Like from uh-huh. from a, uh, I'm, I'm sure a few companies do their version mm-hmm. of it. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've had I've had it before. I had never had it before, so I was really delighted to get to try it. It was it was. Very different. I went out. I I uh, um I got the pre rolls, so they came uh, three zero point five gram pre rolls. I smoked one of them down to the hilt, and uh, a point five of a gram for a pre roll is usually good for me. Like that's that's sort of where I like to start the night, yeah. And then I can kind of uh, top up from there and use my vaporizer and and do whatever else. But uh, starting with a zero point five is a great way. But I was. 
I came inside after having done it and Kristen asked me a question and she she gave me every like all of the information that I needed for the it was it was this friend is talking about this game and wondering if we want to play it uh, on this night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, which night? And she's like, this night. And I was I said, play what? This game. <laughs> With who? I just couldn't like I couldn't follow any of the any of the information that she had given me. Yeah. And so she had to come around the corner and be like, Are you okay? What is what is happening with you? I'm, my, my brain scrambled. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna be able to follow a lot of what you say probably for the next 15, 20 minutes. And was this before the movie? Totally before the movie. This was oh. we we were sitting down oh, to dinner. We you poor soul. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was in already a confused state before we ever, ever got to the movie. But I was surprised because MK Ultra is like it says it's a hybrid, but it, it is an Indica hybrid. Mm-hmm. Like, and it leans to Indica. But most of what I was feeling was in my head. Like it was a very heady, like head scrambly uh, uh, kind of strain. Did you find that as well? Definitely. Yeah, I was annihilated from it. Yeah. Yeah. Like every time I think of MK Ultra, I think of Bill Hader in Pineapple Express where he's like Oh my god. He's just amused by everything and he's uh <laughs> he's extremely naive to what's going on, right? Yeah. Um I guess I felt I I probably felt a little bit of that, but yeah, mostly it was exactly what you're saying. Alyssa was talking to me and then she's like, "Did you hear anything I just said?" <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I heard it." I definitely, my ears are still working. Yes, I definitely heard it. What's happening in between them? And there's a part of me that probably really understands what you were trying to say to me. (laughs) But he is not here right now. (laughs) He's gone to bed and I am about to watch Coherence. Yeah. (laughs) But thank God that, I mean, this, this is, I think this was my third time watching the movie. And Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know how you went into it. uh, That, that's stoned. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's an adventure. There there are times where I feel doing this podcast that there's uh, uh, like that I I'm not quite ready, <laughs> and I've had like uh, the the podcast that I've released up till now. Ah, Snowpiercer, I felt a little bit like that. Yeah, it's much easier to go into Eurovision and be like completely blasted out of your head than it is going into something like. Snowpiercer, where I'm like, okay, this is this is going to be a very intense and sometimes bumpy ride. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of moving parts, and the the format of uh, the uh, the Hollywood um, movie version of Snowpiercer mm-hmm. is certainly a lot different than the TV show and the graphic novels. Yeah, they yeah, definitely yeah. they definitely kept a lot more tension, a lot more mystery in that one. Mm-hmm. So that's always fun to watch when you're high. But this one, yeah. Coherence, is just like the most moving parts I've had to pay attention to in a long time. If you really, yeah. there's a few ways that you can watch it. You can watch mm-hmm. it as a surface good movie, or you can be like, you know what? This time I'm really going to try to pay attention to what the fuck is going on this time. And when yeah. it's, I want to pay attention to what um, like storylines are happening. Um, and which ones are kind of branching off to new characters or new versions of of the eight people that exist in Absolutely. that world. 
so yeah, so uh, the 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 strain itself that did this crazy thing to us. Uh, it's a it's an indica hybrid. It's a cross between OG Kush and G13. G13 oh. is like an older strain that uh, apparently. It it comes from California, and there was uh, the the uh, there was people who came together to who found this like G thirteen strain that they really wanted to make all of these hybrids out of. So a lot of hybrids uh, uh, kind of stem out from there. Yeah. But someone was able to save a little bit of it, and then tried to keep breeding that, and uh, that's what uh, uh, I think gives some of the because the the og kush is a very heavy indica yeah um and i think that it takes care of the the body relaxation and the 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 body feelings that you might uh uh, feel but the head stuff is all i think coming from g13 really yeah that's so cool i wanted to i wanted to tell you there's a uh a leafly review of g13 that i found and i just wanted to read it to you because i think i i think that some of the parentage of this uh, really comes through in the MK Ultra. So this is the leafy review. It just says, I just packed the bong twice thinking that it was going to be a normal ass night, but nah, it's 6.26 p.m. and I don't even remember putting these pajamas on. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty succinct. <laughs> That's so perfect. <laughs> That's amazing. At least so it was pajamas a- and not uh, the oven on. That's right. Because I've done that. Oh, yeah. I've had some yeah. crispy pizzas. <laughs> you wake up, you're like, what's that smell? <laughs> it smells terrible. It smells terrible. <laughs> Who's baking at a time like this? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> That's awesome. So it won MK Ultra uh, from Namaste actually is a, an award-winning strain. A, an award-winning? Am I saying that right? Award-winning, award-winning? strain. Yeah, award-winning yeah, strain. Yeah, that's right. Oh God! Uh oh! Here we go! It's a first. Here we go! It's a first place indica strain. Uh, they they won first place at the 2003 High Times Cannabis Cup, and the next year they won second place, which is pretty great. They 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 held on to their uh, their quality for a, a while to be able to do that. And uh, who awarded uh, who awarded this award to them? Was it uh, the same guy that did that review, Magnolia Fan sixty <laughs> nine? I hope so. I hope they. That would be an amazing thing if High Times just like went through Leafly and just found okay who who's the one who's writing all of the the most crazy reviews. Yeah, and then allowed that person to just be the MC for their ceremonies. Oh my god, that's fantastic! And uh, this guy, I guess, won because uh, he's really good. So uh, you know, let's all smoke some of that. Please welcome to the stage. This guy. <laughs> Here's a question. Best strain for stage fright. Ooh. I'll tell you. Well, okay. So this one is going to be a completely individualist thing because it's going to be how this, how it reacts with your endocannabinoid system and what, what feelings it gives you based on your reaction to it. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what. I feel invincible when I smoke. Girl Scout cookies. Oh, so good. 
Girl Scout cookies mm-hmm. uh, 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 really gives me the feeling like oh nothing I like I don't I don't love performing high like I I would much rather like have it as an end of the night treat like when when the band would play uh, every once in a while I would do it with with James King band but most often I would I would play and like maybe have a drink while the show is going on yeah. and then after the show be like okay now we fucking succeeded and now I get to go outside and like have my joint or whatever that I rolled for myself but yeah Girl Scout cookies uh, for, especially from Canna Farms I would say uh, uh, really gives me I have no stage fright none whatsoever I'm not going to make a mistake and if I do I'm going to make the best mistake anyone's ever fucking heard <laughs> Absolutely. And I think How about you? Uh, I think uh for me it's uh I I pretty much always smoke the same sativa before any of my like pub gigs. Sure. Not like a pillars gig because if I have to do anything uh melodic or anything that requires more than just chords, I would be yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be a little afraid to be high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it could be awesome too because I come up with some good shit when I'm high uh, uh but it's 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 hard to replicate it. Um, yeah. but it would be a tangerine dream is my kind of go-to tangerine dream. sativa. Yeah. And it's, I think a very accessible strain for people, like I said, that aren't usually good with weed or have preconceived notions that they're not good on weed. I say, yeah. I say, smoke a little bit of this out of the packs. It's this. I, and I, I explain the difference between me rolling up a joint of it and then mm-hmm. vaporizing a tiny, tiny bit, like microdosing mm-hmm. almost. Sure. And uh, I've got a lot of people to come around with that one. So that's a really good point. I, I yeah, because Tangerine Dream, I'm a pretty heavy hitter. So any Tangerine Dream that I've tried, I, I, but I think that if if I was playing bass with you or something, yeah, and we were before the show and you were like, well, and just like vape a little bit of Tangerine Dream over here, mm-hmm. I, I think I would feel okay with that because it's never it's never debilitated me. It's never no. made me feel like I'm I'm confused or I don't know what I'm doing or I can't do an activity. Like mm-hmm. I can do anything sober that I could do uh, with some Tangerine Dream. So and that's e- a good idea. And even if I couldn't, for that. even if I couldn't do it, um, like if I was confused about something, yeah, I wouldn't judge myself. I'd just be like, eh, whatever. Which is half the battle, hey? Because yeah. if you're if you're watching yourself on stage, I know this isn't a performer podcast, but it's like it, 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 if you're watching yourself do anything, it's very. It, you, all you're looking for is flaws. Where did I go wrong? What can I improve on next time? So when you're seeing your own performance or experiencing your own performance, you're you're feeling like, okay, these are the mistakes that I've made. But other people don't get to live your life where you're constantly just like singing to yourself or, or doing stuff. or uh, you, They don't know your tricks as well as you do. Mm-hmm. So sometimes just being able to be comfortable and in the moment and with people I think is a, is a really good way to be. It's a much more Zen place to come from in performance In performance and just about anything. Right. I think, no, absolutely. I think that's just yeah, a yeah. universal truth. Definitely. So it had, um, MK ultra has like an earthy sweet aroma. Mm. Um, I got a lot more of the earth than I did the, the sweet, which is probably coming from the, the mercine content yeah. that is in it. Uh, but one of the it, it, it the main three terpenes uh, that are in it are terpinaline, limonene, and myrcene. And terpinaline is the the less 
um, the more rare of the of the three. And I've been finding that anytime I have a strain with terpinaline in it, I really react well to it. So I might start uh, looking for that more in the in the strains that I'm getting. Good call. Yeah, man. Um, MK Ultra. What uh, uh, do you know? Do you know about MK Ultra, right? The the actual like government program. I do. Did you know that it ran from 1953 to 1973? I didn't know that it ran that long. I thought that it was like maybe five years that they were like trying some stuff out and it like it got pared down over that time, but it ran for 20 years. The government was trying to do mind control with people and drugs. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah, I'm I'm only familiar with I think the the you know the Wormwood. Uh, did you ever watch the Wormwood uh, no. miniseries with? Uh, no, I think it's called Wormwood. I'm not too sure, but it's got uh, it's got Sarsgard in it. You know, not Peter Sarsgard. Yes, Peter Sarsgard. It's got Peter Sarsgard in it, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a weird blend of um actual footage of uh-huh. the family of the man the scientist that was Whoa. dosed with acid yeah without him knowing and he ended up killing himself uh oh my god jumping out of a building a few uh weeks after because he had he was convinced that he went insane because they had dosed him with a good amount of acid like oh, i don't think they ever found out how much but uh that was that was like the most famous experiment that I was aware of, and I thought that was yeah. the whole thing. I thought that was all of MK Ultra was when they started the acid experiment. Yeah, yeah, no, twenty years of it trying to to find some way to control people's minds and get inside them. Freaking crazy. Uh, and you know what? Some would argue, I don't, I don't think it's over. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't think it's over at all. I think it's still going. It's just yeah, called something different. Yeah, they're not using acid. Yeah, it's called Facebook instead of yes, <laughs> acid. <laughs> exactly. It's called TikTok. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. So there's one more review that I wanted to read you, and it's it's a bit <laughs> really? of a long one, JJ. But I I I think it's 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 of specifically MK Ultra. The other one that we read was for for G13. Okay. But yep. This is an MK Ultra review that was published on September fourth, twenty fifteen, by Anonymous. So get yourself ready. I'm ready. You lie on your stomach on the massage table. Your face is pressed in the hole of the headrest thing, and a towel drapes over your booty. (laughs) The massage therapist steps up next to you. You take a deep breath, ready to indulge in the experience. The fingers have landed, and so it begins. At first, it is like, whoa, but then it is like, whoa, and then it is like, Whoa. Your muscles relax and your stresses fade away. Your body has never felt this good. What a relief. You deserve this. You put up with your boss's bullshit all week and he didn't even give you a thank you. Yeah, you earned this. Your treat to you. As the massage continues on, your muscles and aches have nearly faded away. Your mind drifts off and sleep sounds so good. However, you don't fall asleep because the euphoria of this relaxation gives you just enough energy to stay awake and enjoy it. You smile and de-stress some more and your face sinking further into the hole. This is what it feels like to be happy. 
Then the massage comes to an end. You sit up and wait a moment, embracing the afterglow. You feel so calm, so free. You feel like now is the time to start on those projects you've been putting off since you feel ready for it. You also feel that maybe you shouldn't move. You you don't get to feel this relaxed every day. Maybe you should not mess with it by doing work. You contemplate this over and over in your head with different scenarios and the positives and negatives of each one while on your route back home. But once you finally get home and see that bed, it's lights out. That massage was so good. Not even New York City could stay awake after that. So good night, big yawn. Fantastic. Isn't that amazing? Oh my gosh. That deserves an award. (laughs) It doesn't even mention the strain once. But it makes (laughs) so much sense. (laughs) It's so good. I just closed my eyes the whole time. Honestly, it, it is fun. Like... Imagine, t- imagine Killian Murphy reading that review. Hello, <laughs> my name's Killian Murphy. He's <laughs> <laughs> so good. On like the Calm app. Yes, you just, exactly. You just have Killian Murphy reading you leafly reviews until you fall yourself asleep. Oh, that's so good. The analogy of the massage is perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's really fun. All right. Well, this is uh, the end of the first segment. So are you ready for the first game, JJ? Oh, yes. Born ready. All right. It is a game called Blaze of Glory. Blaze of Glory. Or <laughs> Reefer Madness. Reefer This is a lightning round game where you, JJ, have 60 seconds to describe the plot of the movie that we watched, which is Coherence. So you have 60 seconds. We're looking for a beginning, a middle, and an end. And and never, never in any of the episodes that I've recorded so far have I thought that this this is such an insurmountable task as you have before you. Oh, Jesus. So I wish you all the luck in the world. Are you ready to go? I think so. All right. Beginning, middle, and end. It's Blaze of Glory time with J.J. Thompson. Go! Okay, so Coherence... um follows uh, a pretty normal-seeming girl named M, and she's on her way to a a normal, super-white dinner party in (laughs) L.A., when suddenly her phone cracks, and as they arrive to the dinner party, you you find out that there's kind of this scientifical anomaly of a comet passing the earth that night and that it may cause some strange things to happen. And the strange thing that does happen is that there's sort of like this 20 seconds. Okay. Um, uh, it splits into a bunch of different timelines and the movie is about trying to find your own timeline or picking a new one that you like better and the moral qualms behind that process. And it's creepy, and that's my time. Shit. It's oh, time. man, it's so hard. <laughs> it's very difficult. It's to a do really all good movie, guys. Just watch it. <laughs> all right, don't go anywhere. We're gonna find out what J.J. Thompson and I think about the movie Coherence right here on Let's Bogart. Don't go anywhere. Hey, buds. Thanks for tuning into the episode today. Uh, we're just 
interrupting the conversation for a quick second to tell you a little bit about a cause that we here at Let's Bogart think is worth bringing some attention to. The Space Ottawa is a non-profit social creative studio for individuals with autism and intellectual disabilities. Uh, many adults labeled with intellectual disabilities or autism are at an impasse nowadays as individuals graduate from support programs or secondary school and seek to transition and participate in the world of jobs. They often find themselves without many choices. The space believes that the most important forms of value and belonging, both social and personal, can merge can emerge when individuals are enabled to find a lifelong interest with which motivates their learning and through creative contribution. They want to prepare people for the future. In a world of accelerating change, traditional jobs have an ever shorter shelf life. Learning is becoming the key challenge in their ability to adapt. So as a result, the space supports members to find their own voice and creative identity, which in itself can become a lifelong foundation for a robust sense of well-being. Now, how can you help? That's a great question. Thank you for asking. There's a few ways that you can help. You can sponsor a workshop. You can promote your brand or product on their site or in their creative studio. You can highlight the benefits of your product or service while promoting their work, program, and events. Provide discounts and incentives or donate. Make direct donations to the space, which are always welcome. You can visit them at www.thespaceottawa.ca. That's the space ottawa.ca and if you're in a position to give uh give a little bit of money to a a program that is really helping people uh find their lifelong creative pursuits i know that this uh podcast has been a, a a real godsend for me to be able to work on and and express myself creatively and i think that everyone in canada deserves to have that as well so visit the space ottawa.ca and see how you can help out Thanks for listening, and now back to the conversation. That was brutal. <laughs> that was <Fuck>. so good. <laughs> Fuck, I didn't get to anything. I know. That's the problem. Everyone loads up the first the, the first 30 seconds with just setup. Yeah. And it can't be. It's I think the only way you can do it is if you're like, uh, there's a girl. And what it is is she goes to the party and now that which is not descriptive to any or useful to anyone. It could seem like the most boring movie. <laughs> you know? Someone also pointed out this is the last thing that stoners want to do while they're stoned is put a bunch of time pressure on them to have to explain something to you. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> and I don't even know, like, because, like, I'm just, like, waiting for your cues. Thanks for the 20 seconds. Right. That was good. Yeah, no problem. Alrighty. All right. So, coherence. Yep. What a... Holy shit. So, you, you were the one who picked this movie. Mm-hmm. Um... I had never seen it before. What was, how did you discover it? I watched the movie, The Invitation with uh, uh-huh. Logan Marshall Green. Yeah. And I really dug that movie. And I just saw that uh, the recommended uh, related to movie was Coherence. Mm. So I think I just gave it a shot, to be honest. Um, I love it. And I was, yeah, just blown away by it. And then I thought, I thought you would love this movie too. I did. I really, I really enjoyed getting to, to watch this movie. I'll tell you, when I was, 
when I was young, like uh, when I was a teenager and just starting to like get into movies that were not like off the beaten path. Yeah. Fox searchlight kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. All the, all the indie stuff that was doing the, the film festival circuits and shit. I remember seeking out this kind of movie, like wanting to have like, I, I want it to be complicated. I want it to be magic realism and yeah. sci-fi. And I want to have to do some work as an audience member to try to figure out what's going on. Yes. And this really brought that back to me. So I got to really feel like, even though this is the first time I was watching it, it felt very nostalgic to get to watch this kind of movie again. And this movie, I think, was made before um, Rick and Morty probably... Like, they, they kind of brought this, um, uh, you know, t- different timeline, multiverse stuff to sure. the forefront of, yeah. you know, like what is it, Cartoon Network or Adult Swim was doing it, yeah. so... That and community, like any of that Dan Harmon stuff, they they've definitely touched on this. But this this movie, yeah, just did it so brilliantly. Yeah, it. There was a point I was so baked on the MK Ultra, and we were watching it. And uh, like you said, the the anomaly, ha- they they talk about this anomaly happening, and then stranger and stranger things start happening to the house and to to the group of people. Um, and there's one point right in the first act where someone is like, oh, I am so glad I'm not high right now. Did they and say I that? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the girls says it. I'm like, preach, sister. I wish I was sober because this is terrifying. Yeah. I didn't know that they said that in this movie. Yeah. My ears are always out for stuff like that. I'm like, oh, there's going to be a reference to drugs somewhere. I'm going to find it. Well, they talk about ketamine, which I, oh my God. I've, I've never experienced that, but no. uh, I could imagine that would be if they had uh, dosed that ketamine, how that would be very confusing when there's a multiverse happening, and <laughs> interf- yeah, that's, interfering with each other. That's already enough to have to deal with as a human being. Never mind having having ketamine go over top of it. I, her performance, the, the, the woman who brings the, the ketamine to the party. Yeah, Beth. <laughs> Yeah, just like, oh, yeah, you know, it's... Uh, some lavender. Lavender and some, you know, uh, uh, some oregano and uh, <laughs> just natural ingredients, a little bit of ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> she does that intro to it a bunch of times, and she's perfect at it. She's so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> she's so consistent with that trait as a character yeah. throughout the whole thing i think that must be how she is in real life with the improv like she's constantly uh-huh. kind of o- offering a holistic approach to what they're talking about and it doesn't yeah. really nobody ever acknowledges what she's really saying because they're like <laughs> okay bitch like you're not getting you're not understanding what's going on right now we're talking about <laughs> physics here a shot of apple cider vinegar is not going to help us no no it's just it just isn't <laughs> so so you know about that uh, can you tell me uh, a, a bit about the how this project came to be like the, the the setup of what this movie is yes absolutely um so it started out as an experiment almost right. like a exercise that you do in theater school where the director got eight of his friends together in his um in his house and without cameras, I believe. Oh no, they they did use cameras. Never mind. They um, he had a, a vi- one page script. Yeah. Very vague with just some um, 
what do you call it? Like some goals uh, for the yeah. actor? Uh, 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 objectives for everybody. Objectives for everyone. Yeah. And he just was seeing if two cameras in the same room could virtually work uh, in tandem without interfering uh, with each other or getting, uh, getting them in the same shot kind of deal. It was just an experiment for camera work to begin with. Yeah. And uh, he eventually just realized, I think that I could shoot a movie in real time, in a sense, uh, yeah. with just a few of my friends at my house. And when they actually started shooting the movie, every day they were given their objectives, but there was no script. It was, everything was improvised with, um, with, I guess there was a few parts that needed to be like a, a few key lines that needed to be said. But other than that, yeah. the whole movie is improv, which is evident because it's just so goddamn realistic. Yeah, it really does feel like you're it, the, the crazy thing about watching this movie, especially during a pandemic for me, was just watching such a natural dinner party. Yeah. <laughs> like just see, having people over for dinner and people just talking to each other, not like movie talk, but like how people talk. Yeah. The normal times that we use. Yeah. Normal times. Yeah. Oh shit. But yeah. So I think other than that, like what else do you kind of need to know about that process? I'm kind of, I'm losing my track here. I'm trying to No, think. no, no. It's low okay. budget. So, uh, yeah, so they had tried that. They had brought everybody in to do this experiment. Can we do it? Because the problem with doing improv in not only your dialogue, but also in your story beats, because if everyone has objectives and the objectives are designed so that they're in conflict with one another, yeah. like one of the characters gets a directive that he needs to contact his brother yeah. and the wife needs to keep everybody together. Yeah. So they, it, it, they are immediately in conflict with one another. Um, but if they're improvising not only in their dialogue but also in their blocking yeah to be able to make sure that you get the coverage that you need to be able to then tell that story and make an actual a movie yeah that's worth watching could, sure because you could do it if he had just done it as like uh, one of the characters uh, brought their video recorder and so this is a found footage thing Cloverfield. you could get away with, yeah. yeah 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 you could get away with so much more right of course but to actually shoot it like they did with this, which is like, it's still a lot of uh, like handheld. It's still guerrilla you know, style. Yeah. yeah. But there's something about like, it doesn't start that way. It, the, the movie starts and everything is pretty smooth and stable and whatever. It's only when things start going wrong in the world of the party that all of a sudden the cameras are obviously being held by by human beings and that feeling of weightlessness of being sort of just like jostled around is i think thematic for what the the, the subject that they're talking about yeah the director said a million amazing things about this movie but one thing that he said that i really relate to as a musician is that he said this is going to be this is going to be a movie that we make sense with, with the edit editing process. Right. And like who, I don't know who edited this movie, uh, but my God, did they do a perfect job Holy because shit, yeah. apparently they had close to, you know, 10 hours. They probably had more than that of, of imp footage. improvised yeah. footage. Like it would have been insane to piece that together, but they did a really, really cool job at that. Lance Pereira 
Lance. Yeah. You're he was a god also in the among... editing department of uh, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Oh, that makes sense. Because uh, James Ward Beerkit, the, uh, that's right. the director, he director. worked on the Pirates movies as well. Yeah. Apparently that's where he, uh, he came up with the idea because he was a theater guy. And he was working on these big budget, the, the Curse of the Black Pearl Pirates Disney movies. And was just like, oh, you know, it would be amazing if you just had like, if you got rid of the crew. You got rid of, you just had a skeleton crew. You had some actors in a room. You didn't even have a script. You just, mm-hmm. uh, you just did it. Like, how could we do that all in one location? Yeah. And uh, that's where they, they came up with it. Amir, the other, the co-writer um, yeah. with James, um, he is obviously in the movie the entire right. time. And I heard that he was whispering directives and lines to people or he'd be like, no, 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 don't leave the house. You can't leave the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But while other people were talking and that actually made like that made the movie but he would be in the background talking to the other actors saying actually do not do not do that yeah so he was the like script the script super, supervisor yeah of a movie with no script oh what a what a what a what a crazy job i mean that that job is a difficult one at the best of times but yeah when you have no script and you're just having to because apparently they took like a year to write out all of what the sequences would be like what the the things that would happen and how they would happen and what information gets parsed out when and all of the events because it yeah, like you were saying, you can't let this person leave if you know that the next event that needs to take place, they need to be witness to. Yeah. So he wound up being like the mole in the group who would like keep things, uh, uh, keep things going in the direction that they wanted to. In real and, time, as people yeah, are oh. delivering nuanced lines that <laughs> completely could change the entire movie. Yeah. And they go, they either have to go, okay, we're keeping that in, but this is how we have to augment the rest of the world. Yeah. Or we have to get rid of it immediately. Oh, (laughs) what what a job. Yeah. What an absolute job. There's no way he was smoking MK Ultra on set. (laughs) No, no. You need to have all of your faculties with you if you're going to try to keep track of all this shit. (laughs) God, there was also, they they talked about the, the, the director has never come out and said what the 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 time jumps are like it goes to black yeah at certain points in the in the movie and not always when like an act changes not always when an event happens yeah and he said those are very specifically chosen but he's never said what they are like what does it signify when this thing goes to black is that just another universe another timeline com- coming into being an, a, a choice that's being made that's uh, diverting the timeline well yeah no one no one can even know because apparently one thing that is is um uh, like i guess he has talked about and made a fact is that the timeline split when her phone breaks in the car right so that emily that we see before the time before the phone breaks is the only existing Emily, but as soon as that right. phone breaks, we don't even know if we're watching her in the first dinner party scene. It sure. could be any one of them. That's right. It could be, or they could all be doing the exact same thing at that point. So nothing would have changed. I don't know. I, I don't understand that. The, like the the all of the multiple timeline stuff. Like I don't yeah. think anyone can. 
truly understand well, it. And, and here's something that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, um, IMDb lists this movie as being 2013. Yeah. Amazon Prime says it's 2014. Mm-hmm. And the movie's copyright is 2012. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That's awesome. So, like, which timeline are we living in in when Coherence came out? Who knows? Yeah. That's pretty creepy. That is creepy. Uh-oh. The MK's <laughs> kicking in again. Here we go. <laughs> well, perfect, because I'm going to talk to you a little bit about quantum mechanics. Are you ready? Oh. So there's something, there's an interpretation. The thing that they're getting at I'll, I'll i'll explain to you as far as i can understand it in a second but in quantum mechanics there is an interpretation called many worlds interpretation and it's an interpretation of quantum mechanics that asserts that the universal wave function is objectively real meaning we can all view it and understand it as it is and there are no wave function collapse so this implies that all possible outcomes of quantum measurements are physically realized in some world or universe in contrast to some other interpretations uh that feel that uh, uh that the, uh, the evolution of reality is not rigidly deterministic this says that it is so many worlds is also called the relative state formulation or the Everett interpretation after physicist Hugh Everett, who first proposed it in 1957. And then Bryce DeWitt popularized the formulation and named it many worlds in the 60s and 70s. But this one is really fucked up, I think, because that's the idea that, OK, when we're at the party, there are other worlds that are taking place and we can all view them each of us at the party can view the other parties that are taking place and see the same thing. But there's also the many minds interpretations of quantum mechanics, which says that the, uh, uh, it extends on the many worlds interpretation by proposing that the distinction between worlds should be made at the level of the mind of an individual observer. So I think that's where they, they find the, when she starts asking people what numbers they remember uh, getting from the, the random um, dice toss, people remember differently and they realize that, oh, the people at this party aren't all f starting from the same party at the, at the time that they had done the, the dice roll. Yeah. So meaning you aren't even viewing, th though you're with these people in this world that you share together, your viewing of the other worlds existing is not the same as your buddy who's sitting right beside you. So okay. that's a whole other level of, <laughs> of, of what other worlds are, are out there. It's like the idea of... Um, what I see is as purple. I was literally just thinking it? of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how do you how do you define reality in a way that you can then be able to discuss it with other people, especially when there's something happening that is putting everyone in danger and you need to protect yourselves? How do you make sure that the objective reality that you're or the subjective reality that you're experiencing is the same as somebody else's? Which is a terrifying idea. It is. Yeah. Oh. That, that is messed up. 
Uh, yeah, I don't even know really. Like, that's the thing when something gets explained like that. Like, Schrodinger's is a little easier to kind of yeah. grasp because it seems that there's only it's a 50 50 chance whether there's only two things that could happen. But that's just basically because you are putting one scenario and you're boxing it in so that it, there is only two conclusions. Right. But with life, there is an infinite amount of things that we could do. And this is why I find my, like I, I find myself trying to make at least re- make myself think that the matrix isn't real because I go do something that I'm like, I don't think anyone would have expected me to do this right now. Throw a snowball, <laughs> go out on uh, a little janky piece of ice today. When I went on my walk, I'm like, I got to do something to ground myself to make sure that <laughs> this is the only timeline that I exist on. <laughs> yeah. And it's an interesting metaphor too. Then like you, like you said, how they, the, the, the world splits at the moment that the phone breaks. Um, because the shattering of the glass of the phone, it's not just like now it's in two pieces. Mm-hmm. There's strands and tendrils running off from tendrils. And so it's not only do, do the people see this, re- do the people that I'm existing in a reality with see this reality? Okay. But also how many different worlds if if there's eight people at the party, that's eight different worlds in each of their minds. Yeah. And then in each party or each decision that gets made, there's a one tendril and then a tendril coming off from that. So there's no way to keep track of how many there are out there. Yeah. Oof. And I, yeah, is it, so is it only them that are experiencing this? Well, it seemed... Uh, <sighs> I don't know. Like it, it could be that the the ast- the the meteor is is going over the entire world, and as it passes, all of these things are happening to everybody. But then they would have run then, into somebody. That's right. I thought, yeah. But we also in the world of the movie, the the point uh, artistically was to how can we film something in one location and make it feel like not just one location. Yeah. But. In the 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 world of it, they are they think at first that the other house must be a different party, like a different, not just a, a, a duplicates of them, right? Yeah. Um, but they're made to feel like they're the only ones left. Like their their only ability is to go out into the darkness and then f- come out on, at another point in the timeline, or not a, not a timeline, uh, another point in. God, even talking about this, you get so fucking lost in in what is going on in that movie. Yeah, I know. You go into the darkness, and then it's like a roulette wheel, and you come out, and there's another reality. It's probably not the reality that you just left. It's a different house, even though it looks the same, and everyone in it is the same as the people that you were with. Yeah, well, if if it is truly a roulette wheel, then it would be theoretically near impossible to find the house that you left from especially by the time they discover that that's a thing they're like okay at at the very i don't understand what is happening but i do understand the idea of the roulette wheel that we come out and it's a different reality so by the time you've done that how many decisions have you made over the course of the night that has that has split the, the the reality in two 
and it just starts rolling out, the dice for people. Yeah, it, each each roll of the dice is a completely different reality, and that multiplies like when you roll a dice. There's like, have you seen the community episode about this about the random yeah. chaos, random chaos theory? Yeah, mm-hmm. where they roll a dice and uh, Abed goes, uh, he goes, uh, you know, you're creating six different timelines, right, Jeff? Yeah, and he's like, of course, of course, I know that Abed, and it's like every time you you bring something like that to the table, whether it's the glow sticks. Which, if you haven't seen the movie, that's what we think the distinctions between the universes are, is, are, do they have blue, green, or red glow sticks? They just happen to have a full box of three different colors of glow, st- glow sticks, which mm-hmm. is totally something I would have in my house. <laughs> I, love, I love glow sticks. I think they're... Love glow I stick. love glow sticks. I love lava lamps. And uh, <laughs> I obviously love weed. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so in the beginning, you think, okay, we'll pay attention to the glow stick colors, and that's how we'll know. But then you get people with the same color glow sticks, blue, as the the OG crew, Mm -hmm. if you want to call them that, if that's who they are. Sure. Then you get people with the blue glow sticks claiming that they had different numbers. Right. So then you're like, oh, fuck. So there is just no way to keep track of who is with her unless they haven't left their site. Yeah, yeah, because they keep going. That someone goes, well, it, it, what if, it, what if they roll the dice and they roll the same number? How do we do it? Well, we'll have a random object from the house then, oh, and we'll have this, and we'll make uh, uh, everyone have a, a different, you know, thing. But each each one of those things that they go, okay, this way we'll for sure be able to differentiate ourselves. Each one of those is just creating another universe. It's so the roulette wheel keeps getting bigger and bigger every right. time they do an exercise like that. Oh, oh. And as actors, <sighs> what a cool experience to like be inside that problem, not only having to figure out what to do, but figuring out what the problem is. What a complicated, like, MacGuffin to have to sort through in improv while people around you are filming you and they seem to have an idea of where it's going because they tell you when you're doing something wrong. Yeah. But otherwise, you're just grasping at straws and trying to, to figure out <laughs> what to do and how to, how to get your objective. Oh, Nicholas I keep making and, I keep making that uh, that noise, but I think that's all you can do is <laughs> sigh. I was doing it during the movie. I, every time they would be, I it was when she discovered that the people in the room were not the same people who left. Yeah, that I was just like, oh, there's there's no way I'm gonna be able to follow any of this now. <laughs> or the creepy moment with her boyfriend Kevin oh. near the car. Oh, that was my favorite. Oh, I hated that when she's talking with them and it's so happy and so nice. And then they both realize that it's not her Kevin and and it's not his. Oh, and then she just walks away. (laughs) Oh, just what what else can you do? And you don't know whether they're like dangerous or what they've been deciding. Like when she goes around, when she keeps going into the roulette wheel at the end and keeps coming out and it's a different thing. There's one that they have two. Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but Nicholas Brendan's character. There's two of him, and they're both tied up to a chair because obviously the group can't figure out yeah. which one is the real one. And it could be that neither of them are. Yeah, he was oh. good in that. He was really good in this movie. Yeah, he was fantastic. You don't see him often since Roswell. I meant 
<laughs> Buffy. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's another cool thing that they did, too. They uh, made him a Roswell star just to give yeah. a, a little bit of that. Wait a second. He wasn't in Roswell, but he was in Buffy, and they are describing kind of his, his acting career to a T. So could it be that there's another reality where this guy is not named this guy, but he's actually named Nicholas Brendan, and he was starring in Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah. Just slightly different from what the uh, the other teen sci-fi show that he's describing having been in. And, and also, the, the, the good thing that it gives you is the, the actors then get to play characters that are at least sort of close to who they are in real life because they're, they're having to dig through the sci-fi uh, 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 element of the magic realism, trying to figure all of that out. That's so complicated to try to improvise your way through that and also create this whole other character that you aren't and have to draw on a different life experience would be very complicated. But I think they're able to keep this world that is so out there so grounded because they're each kind of coming from who they actually are. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess uh, James Ward, Beerkit, the director, I think he chose everyone for that exact reason, right? Yeah. That People blend of who they were. And yeah, yeah. You can tell Hugh, like the, the big guy, like he's... Yeah. Yeah, he's just so... Everyone's just so honest in this movie. I love it. Yeah. And there's some stuff that just doesn't... It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but life is so unscripted that, like, when you're getting together and drinking wine with your friends, there is going to be some things that come out of left field once in a while. Yeah. Absolutely. It was made with a $50,000 budget, which is, like, zero budget. It's so It's so little. Um, but they made 17000 on their opening weekend, which for a small uh, movie is is not great, but is not terrible. And worldwide, they made uh, $139,745. Wow. Yeah, so it's a success, and a, a pretty big success. That, like, nearly tripled your, your uh, budget. And I think that the more people that see this movie, it's just one of those movies that you recommend to yeah. your specific friends it's a niche style movie mm -hmm. but it's going to the momentum is only getting stronger for this movie i think it's going to be like i only discovered it this year and this is totally up my alley yeah but i i, I think it's an i think it's a classic i think it's a, a sci-fi classic just like primer like i i just yeah. adore it yeah and the beautiful thing is, yeah, people finding it like you just clicking on it, not really knowing necessarily what it's about and the, the reward of that going in blind, like me getting it recommended by you. I'm going to be recommending it to other people yeah. uh, by 2024. I think it's going to. Uh, yeah, I really think that uh, it, it'll just keep growing at this pace of people discovering it and watching it. It just came on shutter i think or is amazon prime or one one of the prime. two like yeah prime so yeah i think people are gonna discover it and i think people are in for a treat and i i i especially like the idea of especially coming out of the pandemic when we're able to open up again and our uh entertainment industries are kind of all decimated to see an example of someone going, yeah, I was working on Pirates of the Caribbean, but you know what I realized is that just getting a bunch of really cool artists and friends together, yeah. you can create something. If you think about it for enough time, if you spend a year developing it with your friend and saying, will this work? Who knows? Let's try. 
Yeah. Uh, you might come up with something that's really awesome and really unlike anything else out there that's uh, that's happening. It's I think certainly that's a cool lesson to take away. It's certainly expanded the confines of what we thought indie movies needed to be. We we thought I think a lot of indie filmmakers want to keep it relatively simple and sure. coherence is one of the biggest ideas I've heard of mm -hmm. in a long time when you lay it out on paper and they did it yeah fifty thousand dollars eight actors two people in that house um mm -hmm. uh, other than the actors with cameras one being the director mm -hmm. it's kind of perfect i i know i said this to you uh earlier mm -hmm. it's it's kind of perfect for covid because we're not right now we're in the full lockdown but in the summer they said you know if you're indoors 10 people so if your yeah. bubble is your 10 people that you're close with your friends that are either actors or just great personalities and you have an idea like this we it could have been done during covid like sure like and that's just that's that's inspiring to me because i'm making a record during covid right now and i've realized hey, yeah absolutely that all it takes is a lot more time and a lot you just got to learn a bunch of new shit and you got to kind of roll with the punches and and forgive yourself when you make a mistake and just definitely keep going yeah man so if you found yourself if you were inside of the fiction of this movie, you realized there were, you, JJ, were in a bunch of different parties and your party had gone to shit, much like the, the main characters had. Yeah. Would you make the same choice that she made to jump into the roulette wheel and uh, uh, try to find a reality that's better? No fucking way. No, I am. No, absolutely not. Because shitty things happen, and I'm sorry, nothing that was happening in that... Uh, at that dinner party was something that you couldn't just learn from like shitty sure. things happen to me. They happen to you. Sure. And of course in the moment we go, I wish I could go back. I wish I could change it, but I'm, I'm, I'm cool with who I am now. And I, every experience that I've had negative, positive, they've all come to this moment in my life. And sure. I would just rather deal with the reality that I'm given rather yeah. than try to mess mess around with it but the sci-fi kid in me would love to walk around in the <laughs> darkness and uh i don't know pull Just a few pranks on myself <laughs> i would i would love to meet myself i think that'd be cool would you but i would i would i would i would probably tie some fishing wire on my ankle uh -huh. and have somebody if you had that at that party, I'm sure they sure. would have had that because it seems that they had every, just about everything else in the fucking universe there Sure. Like the glow sticks. Yeah, I've got 300 glow sticks. <laughs> Just tie them end to end back together and then you, uh, someone go in and come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of our second segment, which means it's time for another game. You ready, JJ? Yeah, buddy. Oh, my God. I called the other <laughs> game Blaze of Glory. Blaze of Glory. In Reefer Madness, didn't I? Reefer Madness. <laughs> you did. That was in it to minute. In it to minute. In it to minute. <laughs> yes. I didn't even catch that. I should have known didn't that. Either. Oh my god. In so, it to minute. Two minute. In it, in it to minute. In it to minute. Uh, so this one is actually called Blaze of Glory. Blaze of Glory. And Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. 
Um, this is a, uh, a lightning round uh, game where I ask you a bunch of opinion questions and you tell me your opinions. Oh, I love this part. Yeah, this is a fun one. It's been awesome. Oh, great. So, number one, are you a sativa diva, an Indicana Jones, a hybrid or dibrid, or an omnivore de bomnivore? I am a sativa diva. Ooh, I thought you were going to go hybrid. That's interesting. Yeah, no, tangerine you is like my sativas. Yeah, right? that's mostly that's my game. Fair enough. It's a good game. Uh, your favorite movie featuring cannabis? Uh, Clerks. Ooh yeah! You seen that one? Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. <laughs> I love it's our friendship, Kevin Smith. Yeah, our whole friendship is <laughs> JBU's and Kevin Smith. <laughs> uh, fictional or real person you'd most want to smoke with? Oh, Seth Rogen. Fucking a! Like I. I think I, you know, I think I've got pretty baked before, but I think that would be just next level torched. I do feel like too. There's like some people would be like, "Oh, Snoop Dogg." I feel like I wouldn't have anything to say to Snoop Dogg that he would find even remotely interesting. Um, and I might not with Seth Rogen either. <laughs> we have very different life experiences, but yeah. I feel like I would be able to strike up conversation easier. Yeah. Definitely. I think he's just like a, an accepting person. I think he'd, he yeah. would he would love to have us over. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that too. Seth, if you're listening, man, uh, uh, let's 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 get together with this whole pandemic thing. Ends. Do you have a Seth Rogen laugh you can do? Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty I'll good. work on it. I'll work on it. <laughs> do you have a Seth Rogen laugh? I'll try it, but I've never I've never. <laughs> no. <laughs> that sounded like a Mike Judge character. <laughs> it did sound like a Mike Judge character. Um, fictional or real place you'd most want to smoke? Oh, I've already smoked weed there, but I want to go back so badly. Amsterdam. Mm. Mm. That was fun. What was your experience like in Amsterdam smoking weed? I was on a layover uh, heading towards uh, Indonesia. And I hadn't slept in probably about, you know, 20 hours. You're supposed to go to sleep. Right. And as soon as I got out to, uh, out of the airport there, I, Alyssa and I were like, we gotta, we gotta figure out a spot 6am, but there's gotta <laughs> yeah. be somewhere opening up that'll have some fantastic pastries and coffee and some pre-rolls. And that's pretty much what we did all day, but oh. we didn't have winter jackets and we were like, so uncomfortably cold when we were there that i was like trying to appreciate the architecture something i've never seen before i've been to europe sure. but i had never seen a beautiful city like this before yeah and but i just, just wanna, shivering away oh just shivering like crazy <laughs> so high oh. so happy to be there but it was just <laughs> i want to go back when i'm rested yeah fair enough um movie that would be most improved if the characters only smoked cannabis oh i just because oh i don't know i wouldn't change anything about star wars because i love them so much <laughs> but i think if vader and luke just smoked a joint together oh dude that meeting would have gone so much better no one would have lost a hand there would have no. been no empire after that. 
like galactic empire yeah they would have decided like hey man this imperialism uh, this this fascism uh, cannot stand man it cannot fuck stand. palpatine <laughs> fuck palpatine i'm getting these people we're gonna guys what are we even doing this for come smoke this <laughs> i loved is it is it in um um jay and silent bob strike back where With mark hamill yeah, yeah 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 where he's doing the lightsaber fight and then he turns it off and it becomes a bong that he takes oh. a hit from and then turns it back on the lightsaber happens again i was like oh <laughs> when have you Disney smoked out of a lightsaber I would love to smoke out of a. Oh, lightsaber. we should rig. We should rig one up sometime. And that's a great idea. In twenty twenty one, lightsaber pipe or lightsaber bong. Just grab one of those toys and take out the inside and just yeah. like make the. Oh, that'd be so. And then cool. obviously have two more sabers for after, so that you can have high fights. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a way to lose an eye, but it'll be fun while it's happening. Exactly. So are you, are you going with Star Wars? I'm going with Star Wars. Yeah, I love that. Um, can you make the sound of your favorite consumption method? Hmm. Um. Oh yeah, I think I can. Wicked. Hmm. <laughs> can you hear that? Is my game? Yeah, I can. Yeah, mm. that's some good chewing. I love eating my cookies. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, st stick around. We're going to come back and we're going to find out whether we puff or pass on coherence right here on Let's Bogart. Don't go anywhere. And now it's time for a segment called What Does My Mom Think? Where I ask my mom, Joan Williston, what she thinks about all this shit. What does my mom think? Well, hi, mom. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for being on the show again. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, uh, on, on this episode, we watched the movie Coherence. The movie's called Coherence. Okay. Um, now, uh, we're going to play a little bit of a new game that we've never played before, but it's going to be really fun. So the movie we did is Coherence. Uh, it was released in 2013. And in 2013, the movie Sharknado was released as well. So now I have got a list of different uh, things that are on the parent guide for both of those movies, and you're going to have to decide which uh, which thing go uh, goes with which movie in a game that we like to call Is It Coherence or Is It Sharknado? <laughs> so are you ready to decide? Well, I would have no idea because I've never heard of either one of them. That's going to make it real fun. People can take bets. <laughs> So in one in either coherence or Sharknado, uh, the movie contains moderate swearing with around 15 S words and 20 to 30 F words. Is that coherence or Sharknado? <sighs> Sharknado. <laughs> no, it's coherence. <laughs> How about a young man shows a young woman a scar on the side, says he got it when he fell off a slide when he was two and it hurt like hell. Coherence or Sharknado? Sharknado. Uh, that is Sharknado. That's right. <laughs> one right, one wrong. 50-50 uh, chance. I know. <laughs> a vial of various herbal supplements mixed with ketamine is circulated. One person takes some to help sleep. Uh, coherence, coherence or Sharknado? It is coherence. coherence. <laughs> uh, a man pulls out a small pistol and shoots five flying sharks in the head. 
Oh, probably Sharknado. <laughs> that is a Sharknado. And the entire film rests on the suspense of none of the characters knowing what is going on or what type of danger they may be in. Coherence. That, coher- that is coherence! <laughs> Mom, you got, uh, how many was that? That was uh, one, two, three. You got three right! You win! <laughs> what do I win? <laughs> you win the undying affection of your firstborn son. Oh, okay. That, that's good enough for me. <laughs> what if we can see if we can get uh, one of these LPs to sponsor and, and throw you a joint your way? Would you smoke it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, it, uh, Coherence is a movie about um, a bunch of people who go to a dinner party, and then they... Uh, 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 <laughs> Oh, God, how do you explain this movie? A, 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 an event, like a, 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 a star event happens, like a, a meteor goes over, oh. and suddenly uh, they try to leave the house, but they only find another house that has another bunch of guests that are them in it. So they have to figure out what is going on and uh, uh, try to stay alive because the other uh, houses get scared of them and they have to fight to stay alive and stay uh, figure out what reality is. Is that a movie that sounds like uh, would you would you choose that on a Friday night? No, no. (laughs) Aren't you surprised? I am so surprised, Bob. I am flabbergasted. I'm never going to be able to pick my jaw up off the ground. <laughs> and on this episode uh, is my buddy J.J. Thompson, who you know because I went to school yes. with him and right. played with his band J.J. and the Pillars, and he did the music for uh, the podcast. Oh, so you good. listened to the, one of the podcasts, or you've heard the music. Yes. He did all of that. So, um, if he were to come to your house and, uh, uh, you invite him in for dinner and he's coming over, we're all having a great time. JJ is an excellent conversationalist. He's very, very funny. So he would be very charming. Um, and he would be very respectful and, and everything. Uh, but at the dinner table, he, right before grace, he pulls out a joint and lights it. What would you say to him? Um, JJ, it's great to have you here at our house, but I would respectfully request that you put that out, or you may step outside and enjoy it if you'd like. Oh, man, that's so respectful. I can't believe it. If I had known that, that you would be that gentle, I would have done that a long time ago. Oh, no, I'd only say that for JJ. Oh, what would you say for me? <laughs> Daniel, get that the hell out of here. <laughs> what do you um, think you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you're talking about when you were at home as a teenager. Living sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, different than I'm picturing this is an adult friend of yours coming yeah. to visit who doesn't know the rules of the Joan Williston household. Like, well, he's take your learn hat off quick. at the table when you're <laughs> eating dinner. <laughs> Those two are on equal standing. If someone wears a hat, that's almost yeah. like you just pulled out a joint and lit it right before we said grace. Come right. on now. <laughs> oh, man. Well, can you thank my listeners for tuning in today? Okay, great. Well, thanks for joining us today. And remember, keep positive and test negative. 
That's right. Thanks for coming on the show, Bob. You're welcome. Bye. <laughs> All right, JJ, we're back. Cool. This has been so, awesome. Coherence. Uh, do you puff or pass? Puff or pass. This, this would be the biggest puff yeah. of twenty of of the previous year, twenty twenty, that I've had. This would Amen. be the biggest bong hit I've ever taken. <laughs> I love. I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's so cool. I think. I think. I. I. I just. Yeah. I think it's a really cool experiment that showed uh, the possibilities of what you can do with a really, really cool idea and absolutely no money. Like just, just the the sheer will to make something fun and interesting for the people who are making it. And I think that that is awesome. And I just, I, I, I love that they did it. I love that you recommended it to me. I love that I got to see it. It's a huge puff from me. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> so uh, this movie happens, JJ. Uh, uh, the people have listened. They, they're like, coherence, that sounds like great. I'm going to get some, me some Namaste MK Ultra. They smoke it. They lose their minds. They watch this movie. But this movie is only an hour and 29 minutes long. So mm-hmm. they've got a whole night ahead of them with some more MK Ultra. So what would you recommend they watch after as a good double feature pairing? Um, well, I would recommend they watch it again for sure. <laughs> but if they're, yeah, if they're still, if they're still really high and their mind is blown and they want more of that feeling. Sure. I would, I would recommend, I'd probably recommend another earth, Brit Marling's movie, another earth. Oh. Have you ever seen that one? No, I've never even heard of it. Oh, it's so good, man. It's like. Another low-budget indie movie about another Earth appearing close to the Earth that we inhabit now. Whoa. And there's a, there is another us on that Earth. And you have a chance to win a trip to go to that huh. Earth. And you can carry out your life there, or you can stay on the one you're on. So I think it's a very similar theme to Emily in, in Coherence. She has a choice if she can stay in her reality or find a better one. And uh, Britt Marling, you know her, right? She did the OA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I Origins. Um, she's just, she's got a very similar tone that she sets to Coherence. And it's just, she's got her own style. And I love that. And I think, I think these two movies would pair really nicely together. And then by the, by the end of those movies, your mind is absolutely... <laughs> Yeah, scrambled eggs, like you said earlier. <laughs> scrambled eggs, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I, I I'm gonna go a slightly different direction. No, no, it's probably probably the same direction. I'm gonna recommend that people watch the 2003 Canadian movie called Nothing. It's a comedy sci-fi um, where two uh, friends find themselves in a house, and then suddenly the rest of the world disappears. So they, no other people, no other streets, they, they walk out and it's just a blank canvas of white that just goes on forever. A white and abyss. They, yeah, a white abyss. Where it's really cool. And also the same kind of deal where filmmakers are just getting together with zero budget and trying to come up with an idea that they can feasibly do. And the uh, uh, philosophical ramifications of the, that idea are the interesting thing and become the star of the show. 
Um, it, 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 uh, the movie itself, uh, uh, some people enjoyed, some people didn't. I really liked it. I thought it was cool and scrappy and fun. And I think that it would be a way of wrestling with the same kind of, um, philosophical ideas as the movie that we watched, but also uh, a much lighter tone. So that might be nice for people to, <laughs> to unplug just a little bit. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And that's a two person cast, two person cast. Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. I just wrote it down. It's cool. Yeah. I'm, I knew I'm you were going to hit me Earth. up with something I hadn't, I hadn't seen. <laughs> and likewise, I'm, another Earth is going on my queue for sure. And I'll tell you what, Coherence, I'm going to have to check out again because I need to, I need to watch it. I really want to figure out what the, uh, what the black means. I think that it must mean, it must mean this is where things diverge, but why there specifically? I really want to know why. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's really cool how they created that too. Did you hear? Um, did you hear what happened out front of his house during during filming? That they were shooting a Snickers commercial for yeah. the one time that they were trying to get out and have everyone walk in the darkness to the the car together. The only time, the only time <laughs> he's ever had anything film on his street was the exact same oh, week. Awful. W- which is just perfect because that contributed to the movie, and it's sure. It ended up being so good, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, amazing. Well, JJ, uh, thanks for being on the show, man. Uh, Where can people uh, find you, follow you, support you? Where are you on the internet right now? Spotify, uh, JJ and the Pillars. We always appreciate some new new followers from around the world. Uh, Instagram, you can find me, uh, JJ and his dog. Or as you mentioned earlier, I guess this is the first time I've ever talked about it publicly. I do have a new project. Oh, do, you, uh, do you want that under wraps? I can enter no, it. No, no, I think it's Are awesome. Sure? I wouldn't yeah. have it any other way. Yeah, oh, Tom, fantastic. Tom Hardy, which is uh, which is kind of like a, a salute to my uh, my uh, my acting world and my music world colliding. Yeah. We got Tom York, T H O M, mixed with Tom Hardy, one of my uh, favorite beings and actors. Yes, indeed. So Tom Hardy on Instagram. Oh, that's fucking fantastic. I am not Tom Hardy, I guess. That's I am what not Tom called. Hardy on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for legal <Amazing>. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, buddy, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for the, the theme music and everything you did for this. This It's it really been a real help to me. You're a great friend. And I always enjoy talking to you. So I'm glad that we got to record it. Uh, this was a great afternoon, man. I, uh, <laughs> I appreciate you having me on. And this was a lot of fun. Hopefully it's not the last time. Oh, it won't be. Oh, it won't be. You better start thinking about what we're going to watch on the next episode we have you on. Okay, I already am, man. I already am. (laughs) Well, buds, another episode in the can. I hope that you uh, uh, enjoyed yourself. You can follow my mom nowhere because she is not online, but you can follow my guest today and the musician who brought you the theme song to today's show and all the little musical stings that happen. His name is JJ Thompson. You can follow him at JJ and his dog on Instagram. You can find out about all of his various projects right through there it's a cool instagram he's an amazing artist an incredible musician and a wonderful guy so you should follow him and check him out he is the i am dubbing him the king of peterborough there i said it peterborough it's on you now you gotta find a crown you gotta find a scepter get this guy in charge 
You can follow the podcast at Let's Bogart on both Twitter and Instagram. Or if you don't have either of those things, you can come over to the website, www.danielwilliston.com slash let's-bogart. You can find all the episodes there. There's a little place that you can uh, write in if you have some ideas uh, of what you want to see. You, you have a strain you want us to do, a movie you want us to review. Somebody who you think would be awesome on the show, let us know because we are taking requests. You can give us a subscribe and a rate and review over at iTunes or anywhere you're downloading the podcast. Uh, that really helps us get the word out. Rates and reviews, it's uh, just something to, to uh, uh, send a signal out to like-minded folks who might want to listen in and enjoy. So, uh, yeah, hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all smoking some real dank bud. Hope you're watching some great movies, and I'll see you next week on Thursday when we bogart once more. The more people that see this movie, it's just one of those movies that you recommend to your specific friends. It's a niche-style movie, but it's going to... The momentum is only getting stronger for this movie. I think it's going to be... Like, I only discovered it this year, and this is totally up my alley, but I I, I think it's an, I think it's a classic. I think it's a, a sci-fi classic, just like Primer. Like, I, I just adore it. <laughs>